0: welcome to the book of James on Stress to the Nines. Through September 10th, we'll be examining this New Testament letter, which talks about the ways in which we apply our faith to our lives. We'll also examine the question, why did Martin Luther call this an epistle of straw? Stick around and check it out. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Stress to the Nines. It's so good to see you on this Tuesday, August the 31st. Here we are, uh, ready for another day of the book of James, and here we get the rubber hitting the road as we get into the middle of chapter two. Now, remember what I said that Martin Luther did not like the book of James, Luther being a famous, well, the famous reformer who changed Christianity in the 16th century. Luther did not like James because of the passage we're about to read. And this passage also is a reason that James is not a part of the mainstream of Christian teaching and New Testament works. Despite James' emphasis on how we should behave and how we should live our lives, despite some very lovely passages as we've read so far about the importance of supporting the poor, this is the reason that James gets somewhat unfairly left behind de-emphasized. So what's he going to say here? Let's find out. These are verses 14 to 26 of chapter 2 of the book of James. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself is If it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture has been fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, So faith without works is also dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so there you have it. Faith without works is dead. Uh, This is a problem for people who were putting together what we would call uh, Orthodox Christian theology over the last 500 years. Anybody will tell you that we are saved by grace through faith. It is our faith that triggers the grace of Jesus Christ and draws us into God's saving presence. James would seem to be contradicting that, but what he is instead doing is teasing out what it means to have faith. James' argument is simple. You can't say you have faith if it doesn't lead to a lifestyle that testifies to that faith. That's why he says faith without works is dead. And you can see the argument he lays out here, and he seems pretty angry about it, to be honest. This idea that by simply affirming the oneness of God, a person is wrapped in God's saving embrace. As James rightly points out, even the demons in Scripture do this. They know that God is God, but they have no works that manifest that faith in any positive way. When we think about how we live our lives, our lives should be a testimony to what we believe, and in fact, they are a testimony to what we believe. We can tell what a person thinks much simpler By watching them rather than listening to them. It has been said that the life of a Christian may be the only Bible that a person ever lives, ever reads, excuse me. By watching us and how we live out our faith, we are testifying to what we believe. If we stand in church and sing hallelujah but care nothing for the poor, James believes we have no faith. And James is probably correct that what our faith is at that point is simply performative. It is simply participating in something without it having any true meaning or consequences in our lives. Faith necessarily leads to certain type of behavior. Now, I could go on quite a long discussion here about how we contrast James's conversation of works with Paul's. But this is not a Sunday school class. This is a devotional. And so, today, I would remind you what James reminds you of that our faith should have consequences in the daily lives we live, that our consideration for the poor, our consideration for our neighbors, our consideration for our brothers and sisters in Christ, our relationship to material wealth and possessions, the ways in which we view the world politically, socially, culturally, all of these things should flow as best as we are able from our faith. And so when James says, faith without works is dead, he is reminding us that our faith should have consequences in the actions, behaviors, practices, and habits of our lives. Let's pray. Holy God, on this day, we pray that you would help us to serve you fully, help us to serve you with humility, with selflessness, with compassion, with gratitude. Today, as so much is happening in the world, we are mindful of those who are suffering. We pray this day for our friends and neighbors in the state of Louisiana who have been so badly afflicted by the hurricane. We pray that they will receive support this day. We pray for the people of Afghanistan who are entering an uncertain future. We pray for those around the world who have been beset by disaster by wildfire, by drought, by flood. We pray that you would be with all of those who have been such afflicted. And more than anything this day, we pray for your grace and your peace in our lives. Empower us to do your work through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Okay, gang, that concludes our stress to the nines for this morning. You know the drill. Tasha will be back tonight, and I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, peace. Thanks for listening to Stress to the Nines. You can find more information about First Presbyterian Church at our website, onepres.org or follow us on Facebook. There's also an adjacent podcast called the One Pres Pod, where you will find sermons and special content. Thanks for joining us today. Peace.